0: Welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into the end times. There are no more baseball games for the White Sox to play in 2022, and we will be here until... Like, fe- like late February until baseball is played. So it is going to be a very, very long time on the hot stove talking about what might and might not happen with your Chicago White Sox. With you, as always, is the full CHGO White Sox crew. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Below me is Vinnie Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinnie Duber. Uh, he's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And to the left of me is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall twenty three. He's our CHGO white Sox community leader. Um, it really feels like a Brady Bunch situation, gentlemen, with uh with this whole remote setup today. And so who does that make each of us?
1: Uh, I'll be Carol Brady. I'll
2: be Marsha. <laughs> I'll be Marsha. Are you going by actual location on the screen, Herb? I think Is that so. what I you're think, doing? I think,
1: yeah, I think Carol was on the uh the side of I am You
2: have on. the kids on the on each <laughs> of the three sides here, and then you got the two parents, you know, up and up at the top in the middle. And then, you know, Paul Lind in the middle for Hollywood Squares, of course. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) And X gets the square. Um, I I think, yeah, I'll be Marsha. I'll do my own stunts. I'll get hit in the face with a football. Um, It'll it'll be great. It'll be a fun time. Uh, Let's talk about uh, our beloved White Sox. Uh, A lot to talk about. We had a a big episode yesterday. We talked to Robert Murray, a fan-sided, about some possible managers. Uh, We chatted with Vinny. And then, Vinny, you stepped outside to the World Series monument. And then there's a giant... Uh, sign there that says uh, if a bray leaves so do I uh, that was a really great picture that you snapped uh, that's up on your Twitter at Vinny Duber
2: yeah I mean I think a lot of people uh, you know can can empathize right I think a lot of people could probably feel Pretty similarly, I don't know if it's going to mean they're going to go uh, walk up to guaranteed right field and uh, hand in their fan card if uh, Jose Abreu is playing for another team. But I think the uh, the point was certainly delivered, which is how much that this guy has meant not only to this team, but to this fan base uh, over the last, I mean, guys, it's been a decade. Uh, uh, so really, uh, or certainly the better part of a decade. So yeah. Um, It'll be weird if there's a White Sox team in 2023 without Jose Abreu on it. And I think, uh, you know, that was a a pretty, pretty good piece of evidence sitting right there after the sun went down last night on the season finale.
0: Yeah. And I think, too, I mean, good news for White Sox fans. If he ends up leaving the South Side, you play all 29 teams. So Jose Abreu will come back at some point. Uh, Maybe not. It's not. Always a home and home, right? It's not a home
1: and home, but okay.
0: So you might not see him at the G rate, but you'll see him at some point this year or next if year. If it's an
1: American League team, I believe there are at least some uh, possibilities of Jose Abreu coming back next year. I'm mean, expecting like the same with the National League teams. If he goes to the San Diego Padres, I know the last series of the year is at home versus the Padres. Right, is that a hope there that you're, no, you're hoping no. that he's going to be going to the Padres? I mean,
0: yeah, I mean, they could use him. He could I,
2: also just be playing on the White Sox next year too. That's, that's what, true. That'd be, that'd be that's
0: true. Hey, uh, what it, it's it's the off season. That's like the topic, and we're gonna have that for like you know probably a month, and then that's gonna go away after he signs. Uh, but today we're gonna be talking about the 2022 season, um, if the White Sox wasted a season, and uh, if if they will have that regret, or if there is any players expressing uh, regret on the wasted season of 2022. Um, we'll also be talking about the White Sox power outage. The dust has settled, and as Rick Hahn, I think, said, uh, that the body's. Hold now. Um, so we can look back and see where the White Sox ended up power wise around the major leagues. And then finally, we'll talk about the playoffs that start tomorrow. The White Sox should be in the wild card playoffs. Uh, but some, well, I mean, I feel like I, I say that and that paints them as like a team that really got like, oh, uh, left at the doorstep. Uh, 11 games back really doesn't feel, you know left right there uh really brutal way for it to finish but uh yeah let's talk about 2022 uh vinnie you wrote a recent article uh there's a great quote uh from liam hendricks that we shared uh promoting the article today um what do we make of the 2022 season now that the dust is settled i mean they
2: blew it there's no doubt about that i mean i i think the the process is still trying to figure out why, or, or at least how, you know, or, you know, we saw, we saw what happened. We all watched it. They weren't good. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's still kind of a mystery as to how a team with this much talent was, and that was set up to be among the best teams in the American league, uh, ended up nowhere near that caliber. So, um, You know, I I don't know if we're ever going to find out until everybody shows up to spring training next year. And they're like, oh, yeah, we, you know, we looked at, we spent a whole offseason looking at it. And this is what the problem was. And we have it fixed, I'm sure, is what they'll say. But, uh, you know, there's a number of reasons. Uh, They're all over the field. They're in all aspects. But I think the biggest one that jumps out to me is Liam Hendricks telling us uh, the mindset was wrong. They they came into the season thinking it was going to be easy, thinking that they were going to roll to another AL Central title. And then, it you know, it was about getting getting a better result than they had last year in the playoffs. But uh, as of, uh, you know, the beginning of the year, it was OK. Well, we won we won the Central by double digit games last year. So, of course, we're going to do that again. The division's bad. Everybody's telling us. So uh, they basically bought into their own hype. Uh, and um, it, it, it really backfired on them. And uh, that's the first thing they've got to learn is they've got to not take these things for granted because they saw what a team that wasn't taking it for granted did, and that's what the Cleveland Guardians did was run all over them. Uh, they have the same talented roster that, that made us all say, oh, they're going to the, to the World Series or whatever at the beginning of the year. Um, so, you know, those guys, we know they can do something. Uh, that they that they're capable of of still getting this thing on the right track, but um, here we are in the middle of this supposed window where uh, they were going to be championship contenders, and uh, one year of that window is has been completely, you know, to use the word Rick Hanyu, squandered.
1: And I think that it is the juxtaposition between the two teams that Vinny brought up. The Chicago White Sox, where you have multiple people, not just Liam Hendricks from your uh, article the other day, but earlier when you talked to Jose Abreu and people are it was bordering on cocky instead of the confidence of what you should have. And they came into this year thinking that just throw their jock out to the uh, field and the AL Central will take care of itself. They had bigger fish to fry in the Yankees, the Astros and other teams at the top of the AL. But now you look at the teams and the dust has settled. The White Sox coming into this year were top 10 probably in most people's minds as a team uh, for power rankings. Now they're the eighth best team in the American League. That's how badly they played this year. It wasn't just that Cleveland played so well. The White Sox played really terribly and they are in the second half on the bottom half of the AL standings. That's really bad. And for any team to be there, much less a team that was supposed to be a championship contender so the mindset needs to be set next year that we're hungry we haven't won anything because winning an al central championship in 2021 doesn't mean a damn thing you can hang the batter up but no one's checking for that no one's wearing a al championship hat or al central championship hat around the city they wear world series championship hats they at very least wear were american league champion hats since the white sox have had very few of those championships so To go into next year with a different mindset needs to be established, and it starts, I think, with the Jose Abreu situation being settled, and then more importantly, the manager situation settled, so that person can get the psychology of all these players and get their minds right for when they're playing baseball. All they have to worry about is executing.
0: Yeah, I don't know about American League Central hats, but I have a souvenir cup that says 2022 American League Central Division, you know, champs. So, I mean, I probably sip, you know, Diet Cokes out of that. So, uh, you know, there's there's some souvenir out there uh, that proudly promotes the AL Central Championship that they won in uh, 2021. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think. You summed it up well in your uh, your article, Vinny, about how Recon. Um, it's not going to be this linear step. Um, you know, this was definitely a step down this year. This wasn't supposed to be the elevation year by year, step by step uh, rebuild that it was supposed to be. This was definitely a step back and. For the guy who authored Mired in Mediocrity, uh, now looking at Tankathon, Herb, you said that they were bad, but it really even felt like they weren't bad enough. Like if they were going to have a season where they weren't going to make the playoffs and they were going to, you know, talk about the injuries that kind of held them back, um, 81 and 81 just kind of stinks because you're not even in a good spot for the MLB draft lottery that was just instated. Sox have the 15th best odds for the draft lottery that's going to be ended up taking around, I think, at the winter, winter meetings. Um, so it's interesting just to think, too, that like they, they just kind of were there the entire year. I think uh, I saw a stat that it was, uh, I think it was Jake Huda, Uh you know, in the last 10 games, the Sox were five and five. Last 20 games, they were 10 and 10. Last 30 games, they were 15 and 15. Last 25 games, they were, Uh, or 50 games that are 25 and 25 right um they really have just stayed at this 500 level over the past 190 games and uh yeah I really don't know what to make of it because I don't know how strong of a contention window it is now I don't know if you uh really have that strong faith and it really felt like Rick Hahn was saying that as well in his press conference where they need to reinstill the the faith in the fans and all those fans that Tony La talked about energizing that stadium in game three of the 2021 ALDS um you know Rick Hahn now the next year after is talking about re storing faith in those fans or, or restoring the faith in those fans. And it's just kind of a shocking term.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, nobody thought that this was going to be the case. I mean, you brought it up a little bit. I don't remember wh- exactly which press session it was with Rick Hahn last year, but he where he mentioned, you know, uh, you know it'd be nice if we didn't have to be that you know, okay, we made the playoffs and then the next year we win the division and then the next year we win a playoff series and the next year we make, you know, we're a true World Series contender. It'd be nice if, you know, we could just go right from right to the top where we could win the World Series next year. And it was really on nobody's mind that they could go the other way, that they could go backwards. And I mean, it just goes to show you how shocking um, these results were compared to what we were expecting at the beginning of the season. And uh, it's... It's it's something that I think every all of them know. Uh, they're all they've all lived with it for the last six months, and and I don't think uh, they need a reminder. Uh, you know, no matter how frustrated the fan base has been that entire time, uh, the the uh, people involved who certainly were aware of reality. Uh, but yeah, it's now turned into okay, we got this great window. Everybody, kick back and watch us mm. contend every single year. To yeah. Do you? Do you? Because, you know, <laughs> we just watched uh, a season in which there was no contention whatsoever. Now, I, I am of the opinion that it certainly could be the case. This window could last a very long time. I hear people saying, oh, my God, it's already closing. You know, I mean, guys, it just opened two years ago. It, it can't close right. that. It, it can't it can't close if it hasn't been all the way open yet, uh, I think, is, is is the interesting point there. But um, but they need to prove. That, that, that this is a team that's capable of doing that, because so far, uh, the closest they have come is uh, very far away from the top contending teams in the American League. And that was in 2021 when they won a division. Yeah. Right now, they're nowhere near that stage even. So uh, if this if this contention window where they can contend for a championship is going to happen, they got to show that they can contend for a championship. They haven't done it yet.
0: Yeah, they've had two tickets to ride. They've gotten to the uh, postseason, and they've they've been uh, you know on it. They've been able to take a few turns around, but they haven't been able to uh, you know really enjoy the whole thing. Uh, but uh, I do want to go to Schwö, um, who has a super chat, um, and maybe we can uh, make this a little bit more relatable or have some more fun here. Uh, Schwö says, uh, "You ever buy Wagyu ste- steaks and then forget to freeze them uh, when you go out of town for a week?" Uh, I don't have that. I have like a twenty-four year old's budget, um, so I'm not buying Wagyu steaks. Uh, gentlemen,
1: do you have any feelings about? buying wagyu steaks and leaving them out of the freezer i don't know why you would buy wagyu steaks and put them in the freezer in the first place i mean you just go to a steakhouse you spend a hundred dollars on a steak let's make it tonight you know get it as fresh as you can put it on the grill for like a minute other side a minute take it out get it ready it's already buttery enough and go ahead and eat if you waste your wagyu steak you, because you have such an out of town experience, like you have something to do. So important to get out. Why you Wagyu steak is not your biggest concern? Your biggest concern is why do you waste money? You could just give that to me. <laughs> right. Hey, just give me just, the 100 and I'll put it in my freezer.
0: Well, and here, here comes Shwell giving you some money, Herb. As you said, you got all the tips, apparently, from, uh, from you, all sir. these Super Chats. Um, but he's dropping a Super Chat saying, if you had to pick a song to sum up this season, uh, what would it be and why? Mine would be Complicated by Avril Lavigne. Um, do you guys have any uh, – anyone want to take this baton first?
1: Yeah, I can oh. take it if you want. Um, the song that I like – one of the songs I like the most is a song called What a Fool Believes by the Doobie Brothers. What a Fool Believes. Pretty much, it's a song about unrequited love, where one um, party, the man, is longing for this relationship he had back in the day with this lady, and this lady couldn't be bothered with him. She's only doing this to humor him, to meet up and such, and he thinks, "Okay, here comes the resparking of the the relationship," but that girl couldn't think twice about him, and so this is what I think White Sox fans are feeling: like we love the White Sox but doesn't feel like they, especially this year, loved us back. And they can do with or without us. And they're just meeting us up because we had a great uh, past and we're enjoying our our time. And it's thinking like a platonic thing. And so that's why the White Sox are meeting up with us. But we don't want to commit to you. Come on now, get out of here. And the guy you, is just you... longing every time. He's like, come on, please, please, White Sox, love me back. <laughs> and it hasn't happened yet. Herb, you giving me Michael McDonald era Doobie Brothers. Oh, that's great. <laughs> That's the greatest Michael McDonald. That's the greatest Doobie Brothers.
2: The Doobie Brothers were were a really good band, and then Michael McDonald came along. (laughs) Um... I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go. Not. I'm gonna go with a joke. I'm not gonna go with an actual song here. But uh, considering the 500 finish, how about anything by the average white band for the average oh, white socks? How about that?
0: Pretty not good. too bad. Uh, and th- you know, it's just instrumental, right? I mean, there wasn't a loud uh, a journey there. It was just kind of flat. You just kind of were there for the ride. Um, I think you know. It, there's no ups and downs with the, the average white band. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, two. I, I have one joke. Um, just if Herb's gonna go Doobie Brothers, I also go with a. Uh, a bad band and Dave Matthews. Um, We were just wasting time. Um, We could just go with stay wasting time. I'm also going to go with you. Imagine me sipping champagne from your boot for a taste of your elegant pride. I may be going to hell in a bucket, babe, but at least I'm enjoying the ride. If enjoy the ride is going to be the entire, uh, you know, motto of this season. Why not just go with the grateful dead uh, and, and, you know, make it a a pleasant season because it wasn't, I think on the field, Uh, but uh, you could also go wasting, uh, light or light by the Foo Fighters. We want to keep going with the, uh, the waste m- motto here. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think we, we did a good job. Sure. I'll, I'll pat myself <laughs> on the back. Why not? Um, but yeah, I, I think that, Liam did sum up the feelings, I think, of what this team has done. Um, Unless we fix what we have as a player group, what we went through this year, it doesn't matter who comes in as the next manager. It won't fix itself. There needs to be some soul searching. There needs to be a lot of going through what we struggled at, what we succeeded at, and what we can work on better, what we need to take away from what we did. There's a lot of things that we did this year that weren't very good, and there's a lot of things this year that we really need to improve on. But the only way to look in on it is that you look in yourself and realize what you struggled at there's a lot of things we could work on as individuals, but unless you work on them individually, you're not going to get that cohesive comeback as a team moment when you get to spring training next year. And and that's what you're talking about, Vinny. Um, Yeah, I think uh, first off, I think it's interesting that Liam too, I think there's a comments that we really didn't touch upon yet uh, about him wanting to strike people out because he didn't trust the defense. Um, That's really summing it up right there. But um, I think that's what he's talking about is, you know, I need to, be able to trust my teammates more. And I think that he's talking about them coming together as a team. He also made the comments that they need an authoritarian as manager. Um, we haven't really mentioned some of that, but uh, what what do we think we can be uh, parsing from Liam Hendricks here and, in, in what the vibe should be set for the 2023 white Sox. So they don't waste another season.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think the, I, he's the guy who pointed this whole, he's the guy who's doing this whole explanation that the, that the mindset was wrong. And I think, you know, a lot of people make their own opinions of, of what's going on inside guys' heads based on what they see through the TV, and you can't do that. Um, guys were working very hard this year to try to win baseball games. But when you think it's going to be easy, and then it's not easy, and then you lose, and then everybody's mad, and you, how, are you gonna, how are you going to get back? You know what I mean? How are you going to get back to that change-the-game attitude that they had for the, for the two years prior? Um, I, I don't think that, uh, you know, that that was maybe impossible to do uh, in the middle of this season once they got to a certain point. Uh, they know now that it's not easy. Uh, and I think they're going to have a lot of the same guys on this team. There'll be some changes for sure, but there's going to be a lot of the same guys coming back. And um, they shouldn't have had to learn this lesson this way, uh, but they did. And uh, I think now that they better they better use it. Because there's now there's no excuse for them to not know what's coming. You know what I mean? Like they better show up to spring training ready to go and ready to fight because they have the talent to do it. They have the talent to they have the talent to be better than the Guardians. And that's not a knock at the Guardians. That's a that's a compliment of the of the roster that the that the the White Sox put together. But you can have all the talent in the world, and if you just show up thinking that it's going to click for you because you're because you're at the ballpark, uh, it's not it's not going to happen. And it didn't happen. And they should know that now. Um, I think a lot of the things that Liam said were just get better, get better. Men- the me- the mental thing is very important and it's more important. Uh, you know what I mean? But the, uh, the mental thing might have to do with some of that defense. You know what I mean? The mental thing might have to do with some of the, uh, personal struggles that, li- that Liam talked about for himself. I mean, he, he was not, uh, leaving himself out of the firing squad there. He was talking about all the struggles that he had in certain situations or against certain kinds of opponents, um, walked, you know, what, twice as many guys as he did the year before, which he was not at all happy about. Lucas Giolito uh, knows the kind of season he had. He wasn't happy about it, and he's going to take the offseason to fix it. So these guys have to go get better physically and, and at baseball, you know, and then these guys have to go and get better mentally as well. And I think uh, it makes for a critical offseason. And I'm not just talking about what we're going to be talking about all, all winter, which is, oh, what trades are, is Raycon going to make? What signings is Raycon going to make? It, it's going to be in every one of those guys' heads too. And it's on every one of those guys' shoulders uh, to, to make the most of this offseason, because they certainly didn't make the most of this season.
1: Liam says that he wants an authoritarian. And when I'm thinking of authoritarian, especially in a baseball manager sense, I'm thinking a guy who leads with an iron fist, which I don't necessarily know if grown men need that. You know, a guy who is just like, hey, it's my way, the highway type of way. But a person I think that understands that men and women are not the same. Like, I mean, all men and all humans are different. And so sometimes you need an arm around the shoulder, sometimes you need the proverbial kick in the ass. And he, has, he needs to parse out which players need that at which times of the season. And so I would be looking for, firstly, a baseball person out there who knows the game, knows what to get the best out of the player um, when they do go up to the bat or uh, take the mound. And then secondly, you need a person to just understand the man who is the player and get the best out of that person's life. And if you get the best out of the person's life, then, you know, the game will be the simple part. And so I think they need a person that understands psychology of man and also how to get the best results out of his players and the coaches who are below him, because I hope the coach gets a chance to have his coaching staff filled out with people that he's and he knows and he's familiar with. Herb, we talked to Robert Murray of uh, Fansided yesterday
0: and you said you know who's the one guy that you would hire if you had the opportunity to and he said Carlos Beltron and Carlos mm-hmm. Beltron was reportedly a bully uh, uh, for people buying into the 2017 Astros system uh, so if you want an authoritarian maybe he could bully you into it um, and then also uh, you know trying to get the best out of guys um, you know that's that's trying to get the edge uh, the, the ultimate edge right there is uh, taking it to the next level uh, shout out to Eli uh, jumping in with a super chat
1: here uh, he's still up uh, at what time is it over in Israel. I think we establish it's either six or seven hours ahead of us, so it'd okay. be ten or eleven.
0: Like, yeah, it's it's, it's night You know, 10, you 30, wrap 11. it up. So good night, Eli. Hope you have a, a lovely nighttime. What's Happy up? Happy New July? Year, Eli. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Enjoy it. Yom Kippur, Come right? In. Yes, sir. All right. Um Joey. What's the? Is there a greeting we should know for Yom Kippur or no? Um, yes, but I only know the one for Rosh Hashanah. Sorry. The- <laughs> Sorry, look how the thing is right over your face. Yeah. Um <laughs> Lashana Tova will get you by with any any of your Jewish friends. All okay. Right? All right. So, Thank so you, Joey, nice for, time. for chiming in. Uh <laughs> appreciate that. Uh and we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the manager and maybe what this team needs and, and what this team could possibly uh try to find in in the off season to to exceed and, and take that next step as a team. Uh and we do appreciate. Uh, that, that support Eli. Uh, CHGO Sports asking Eli what's your question? Eli's just here to hang out. Eli Eli vibes. I mean, come on, we know Eli. Eli's our good friend. Um, but let's talk about points bet. This football season, points bets bring you a better way to bet live on games, which means before this ad is over, you can place a live same game parlay. You could bet on the next drive to be a touchdown and cash out on your live second half over bet. With points bet, you have access to more live football markets than ever before. You can build the perfect live same-game parlay by combining your favorite bets anytime during the game, including spreads, totals, player props, and more. You can choose the next outcome of the drive and next points with PointsBets Lightning Bets. So whether you're on the move or on the couch, do it live on PointsBet. You can download the PointsBet app today and sign up with code CHGO to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. And if you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services and our next partner is our good friends over at game time we spent many games at the guaranteed right field because of game time they are the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score t- deals on tickets to sports concerts and shows i will probably be using it this off for tickets to concerts and shows there's no more games for at least me as a white Sox fan to go to but if you're a bulls fan if you're a blackhawks fan if you're a bears fan <laughs> You're a Chicago fan looking to, to see some Chicago sports games. the band
2: yes. fan of the band Chicago, the band
0: Chicago as well. Saturday in the park probably won't be hearing that in a park this winter, but maybe Saturday in an arena. Um, just walk out band, to a, just
2: walk out to a park with your headphones in, play Saturday in the park, and then go see the show wherever it might be. They have to go to the concert though. That's 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 what thing. I'm saying. You pregame um, you pregame with your headphones in the park, so you you know you're
0: getting the full experience of. Saturday in the park, (laughs) and then you go to the show after that. There you go. And hey, maybe you're going to a college football game and it's a park, and you know, they could play it there. They they play it at Guaranteed Ray Field every Saturday. So maybe you want to go to uh, Pat Ryan Field, and it's Saturday. At the field, anyways, game time is where you should buy your tickets. If you ever dreamed of sitting 50-yard line court side, maybe on the actual glass, the biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you never thought you could buy. Um, Jay and uh, Mario and Greg are all dealing with preseason hockey right now, so the regular season is coming up. Matt and Dave are freaking out watching the Bulls preseason game while we were wrapping up game 161. So the Bulls season's coming around. It's created by the fans for the fans. It will guarantee the lowest price. So this is the best way for you as a fan to get into the hottest event out there. Um, and even that, like we mentioned, it's concerts as well. I was looking for the Pavement Reunion Show back in September, and they had super de- cheap deal uh, deals on you know floor seats at the Chicago Theater. I mean, like, what could be better? So if you love CHGO, then you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. You can join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. All right, guys, let's go into some of these graphics that I put together, uh, Joey, let's pull up the one for 2022 that just has the rankings. We talked a lot about the home run drought and the power drought Mm. for the Sox. And we mentioned that Andrew Vaughn uh, hitting 17 home runs. uh, It's the first White Sox team to not have a 20 home run plus player uh, since 1990. Uh, The Sox ended up finishing fifth in batting average in the major leagues and in in the major leagues Uh, on on base percentage. They finished tied for 18th slugging percentage. They finished tied 18th with the Cubs. Um, their isolated power that subtracts uh, slugging percentage from average. Uh, it was 131, which was 26th in the majors. They were first in singles. Yeah. only team in the major leagues to have 1,000 singles That's this gone. year. Um, they were 12th, tied for 12th in doubles with 272. They were 29th in baseball and triples. I don't think that matters too much. Uh, they were tied for 22nd in baseball and home runs with 149 with the Colorado Rockies. Shout out to DNVR. Are and then they were tied for 16th, so they were bottom half of the league. Um, in weighted runs created plus at 99, so just below average MLB average for weighted runs created plus is 100. They were tied with the Guardians for weighted runs created plus. You can kind of just look at that stat and say, Guardians got better pitching, they got better defense, they are faster on the bases. It's pretty clear why they won the division by 11 games. Yeah, but it's also
2: pretty clear why the White Sox didn't do what they were supposed to do, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, we talk about a lot of the areas on this team that need improvement. Uh, you talk about team defense and team speed uh, and, 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 you know, some of the, the fundamental stuff that we've been seeing a lot of and complaining about all year, right? All that, in my opinion, and I think in the opinion of the White Sox, considering the way this roster was put together, um, can be uh, uh, acceptable or at an acceptable level if the power and the offense did what it was supposed to do. And, and that's why I still believe, even though now the uh, finding a manager certainly ha- is the top of the offseason priority list, uh, at least until they do so. Uh, but when it comes to tinkering with this roster, nothing is more important than getting that power back. Because if this group is going to be mostly intact moving forward, um, all those guys who have hit for power in the past really got to start hitting for power again or else the white socks are going to be in a very similar situation next year as they were this year uh it's what rick hahn kept harping on in his end of season press conference was the offensive approach went away and they need to get back to it uh and we'll maybe figure out one day why uh, i asked why and he said basically we're going to spend the offseason trying to figure out why well uh the the main thing is they've got to start hitting more home runs or basically they got to hit the home runs they were supposed to hit is what it comes down to and then if you got a guy dropping a lot of fly balls in left field so be it because at least the ball's going over the wall when you guys are at the bat
0: yeah, if the left fielder is walking to every ball because he has a bum knee, eh, that so be it. As long as he hits thirty home runs, um, Herb, I, I'm going to jump the question that I ended up asking Vinny and the both of you uh, to go to Schwo's super chat here. Appreciate okay. the super chats, Schwo. Um, he said, "Socks get Judge, but Adam and Drake LaRoche co-manage. Would you take that deal?" Yes. Why? <laughs>
1: what? Because Judge is a Judge is a superior uh, offensive talent that would hugely supersede whatever Adam and Drake LaRoche do. Yes, they're Plays I, defense I, don't, too. I, I do not necessarily like Adam LaRoche, and Drake has just turned to an adult, so I don't know the adult. But I'm sure with all the information that Adam has learned through his life, his dad, Dave, played in the league, and he knows baseball. At the very least, he can give me major league average managing by just throwing up a decent lineup and having to live and listen to Rick Hahn uh, guide him in the right spots, you get Judge that automatically takes over whatever you get as the manager. As you said, if your left fielder's is just limping to the ball, but he's hitting 30 home runs, you're like, hey, I'll live with that. But Judge is hitting 62, and he's playing some superior defense too. So he's getting you value that is way over what the manager might take away from you.
2: What Drake can someone? What can someone, Herb, in your opinion, that has been on an undercover mission to uh, Asia? Hmm. Uh, you know, how can he apply that to managing a Major League Baseball team? Do you think he
1: cannot? He can start talking about Bible stories and how great he is, and trying to save uh, sex traffickers or people who are getting sex trafficked, and act like he's a uh, the savior of everybody. Or or, or that he's
2: James Bond for some yeah. reason. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. I didn't think he was a great person, but you know. I've hoped in these years he's got some reflection within him, and that he can actually, you know, relate to these people who are in the clubhouse to get the job done. If it I means think, I think get he Aaron Judge, I think he yeah, owns, a, think he he owns
2: a meat company. Herb, pretty sure that's what he's been doing oh, since like, he retired. Like is he also meat, meat he kills? Yeah, something like that. Are
0: yeah. we talking about Adam LaRoche here? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I absolutely black. I guess I blacked out because this. You oh, need to this read his Wikipedia oh. page or something. Oh here. boy, yeah. I do. Drake yeah. LaRoche is married. Congratulations yeah. to no. him. But I just I, I found that I was looking. I just I felt weird googling Drake with the Roach because he was a child. But five years I mean, later, uh, you he's understand married, that NBC like sports Chicago,
1: they homeschooled their kids. They used to take. That's why he was in the clubhouse. They used to take him everywhere. He was in the clubhouse all the time. You know. You know. I don't necessarily uh, care about Christianity and all that stuff. But he does a little bit. So they be bringing that to the clubhouse a lot. Did he take? Did he mercy. take
2: Drake? On the undercover trip too? Mm-mm. No? On the secret agent fr- the secret agent mission.
1: I forgot which uh former baseball player he took with him that time. Boy was it Blaine Andy? Boyer?
0: Blaine Boyer is that, that sounds right. right. Yeah. 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 Was
1: it Andy LaRoche, his brother? Andy no. LaRoche is I don't think he's crazy too? I don't know. Okay. Uh, is Dave LaRoche crazy? I think also former White Sox Dave LaRoche. That's his dad. So I think he has the baseball mm. smarts to get the job done, especially if we get Aaron judge, he puts him in the lineup 162 times. I think we'll find a way to win some games.
0: Dave LaRoche was not a, a not white, white Sox. Sox.
1: He was a cub in
0: 73 to 74. So he's probably a teammate. Of he Steve knows Stone. the city.
2: He knows the yeah. city. He knows
0: the city. He's been around. Um Andy Laroche. Uh, I'll, there's no personal bio on Andy Laroche. So I got to I don't think there's anything crazy about him, but I got to figure out uh, Adam. about Adam. No, I know, I know, I know. But Oh, but
1: say forget Andy. He's Okay. All right. We only care about
0: one-third of the Laroche. Let's career.
2: see your let's see some more of your graphics, Sean.
0: Okay, thank you. I was trying to make it a, get in there. Um but I actually want to go to a different question. Now, uh, this is from uh, Anthony Oderwall. Um he said, "Can you ask Vinny?" Someone asked Vinny, "Um when ideally they will hire a man. Manager after the World Series. So, I mean, there's rules around this. Um, If you try to Google manager rules, manager hiring rules, managing hiring rules, MLB, uh, not a lot comes up, but I'm pretty sure that they can have discussions with potential candidates and even candidates who currently are in the playoffs, um, but they cannot announce an actual manager until after the World Series. I think the Cubs kind of got into a a little bit of trouble in 2016 for uh, doing this with Joe Madden. Uh, But what insight can you shed?
2: I mean, I would imagine they'd want to get it done as soon as possible while at the same time, you know, making sure they're thorough. Uh, and of course, we're talking about um, how they want they say they want it to go. You know what I mean? We're, we're still in that mode now where they have to prove themselves again, that they can go through, follow through on what Rick Hunt said they want this process to be. Because the last time they did it, they obviously went in a vastly different direction from everything that he laid out. Um, but you know, I would imagine that if he is, uh, going to do what he said he wanted to do and use this as a, an opportunity to hear new ideas and get new insight outside perspectives that uh, aren't necessarily the same ones that they've heard about within this organization for years and years and years. Um, they would be wise to interview a whole lot of people, wouldn't they? You know what I mean? There's, there's a fact finding element to this, uh, opportunity if you want to call it that uh that isn't just make sure you find the one right guy there can be a secondary uh priority right and that's talking to different people learning about how other organizations do things uh and you know maybe you talk to the guy who's the bench coach for the Tampa Bay Rays and he and you go oh well there's a lot of interesting things that the Rays do that are very different than what everybody else does we're going to go with somebody else, but thank you for putting that in our mind, that kind of thing. Uh, I, I think that in a way you can view this as that sort of opportunity, uh, and they would, you know, um, be not making the most of that opportunity, perhaps if they were to wrap it up in a week or something like, uh, which is what happened last time. So, um, I think this time around, you're probably going to see them, uh, talk to a lot of different people, and if they're smart, they'll talk to a lot of people on winning organizations who are currently in the playoffs. Maybe that means having to fly down for an off day or something like that, but uh, uh, it, it certainly would strike, it, strike me as something that we're not going to hear a lot about with the exception of those guys who are always breaking the news, the national guys. They're the ones who are going to know that. There was another comment, perhaps from the same commenter there, that was like, uh, you know, do they tell the media this kind of stuff? Absolutely. not. We are (laughs) not going to hear a word of it uh, until the uh, press conference is held to announce who this managerial hire is going to be.
0: Right. And uh, I do want to just follow up, too, because we're talking about the offense. We're talking about the power outage. I know fans want to find a scapegoat and they will look to the bench and they will look to Frank Minichino. Um, I know Rick Hahn had some comments about Frank Minichino at the uh, postseason press conference. Um, Didn't talk about many people, but he did bring up Frank Minichino. I think he even called him Frankie. Yeah, uh, it basically
2: was at, you know it, I, I think it was my question why why was this so this offense so much different than it was in years past was the message different were they were they getting a different uh, you know were they hearing something different from the coaching staff Rickon said no he thought that the message has the same was the same as it has been of course did not provide a reason that he believed as to why the power numbers were so different than they were in years past but um, he said listen, Frank Manichino is the guy who oversaw the offense or or was at least in the position of hitting coach when the offense was really, really good. 2020, they were one of the the more impressive and powerful offenses in baseball. Uh, And even last year, they had a very uh, nice offensive season with a lot of uh, individual players having good years as well. Um, Very much not the case this year. Uh, And uh, you know, sometimes in baseball, that means that a scapegoat is found and a scapegoat is uh, it loses their job. Um, but also, perhaps the team has inside knowledge that we're not hearing about and they are confident in Frank Manichino. All that being said, I think the person who's going to make the determination on whether Frank Manichino or anyone on that coaching staff, perhaps with the exception of Ethan Katz, who obviously has done a wonderful job, uh, keeps their jobs, is going to be the managerial hire. And I, he's not probably going to have... Total rain. I'm sure the White Sox will, uh, uh, the, the White Sox brass that's currently in place will have their opinions and have their input input as well. Um, but certainly, according to Rick Hahn, uh, they're not going to make any decisions on coaching staff for next year until the manager is hired.
0: And while you were answering, uh, we got a great message here from uh, Jose Loera. Um, He said, hey, guys, what's up? I just want to say you guys are great. And if I had any money, I would give you guys a super chat, um, which we appreciate. And then he followed up with a $5 super sticker. So uh, very appreciate that, Jose. Um, We're here for you guys, though. Um, We're going to be here each and every day, uh, each and every week, um, unless we have vacations or something. But, like... Two of us will be here at least. You know, you guys won't be left in the dust here. Um, We're here for you guys. Um, We really do appreciate when you guys give us those super chats. Those mean a lot to us because they are super. um, And we really do appreciate that, Jose. um, You were in here for All 162. uh, Baseball was in here for uh, All 162. Eli as well. um, Alexander. I mean, like, it's great seeing all these names pop up. And like I've said, uh, these names are more ingrained into me than I think like some of my farther family member names like if you're a second cousin third cousin i definitely need to you know whisper who's that to my mom um and no offense i just have a bad memory but these people i mean i see them every day
1: exactly they're part of our life part of our family now our uh, chco family that's what i like to say i mean we talk to these people literally every day more than we do our second or third cousins probably (laughs) talk to the second or third cousins like only when the family reunion comes around twice a
0: year christmas and uh, thanksgiving and, you know, it's it's easier on Christmas because I just saw him at Thanksgiving. Uh, we're not sure, baseball toss, if Pito comes back. We're trying to figure that out. But let's look at some of the numbers over the past four years um, where the Sox have ranked uh, offensively and, you know, some of the things that Frank Minichino has done um, mm-hmm. as the hitting coach, uh, the Sox dating back to 2019. Um, Joey, if we have this graph. Ooh. Oh, there we go. Boom. Thank you. Uh, 2019, the Sox had 182 home runs. They were 25th in the majors. Um, they also had an isolated power of 153. That was tied for 27th in the majors. They had a weighted runs created plus of 92. That was tied for 18th in the majors. Then they improved in 2020. We know that was a huge season for the Sox as they went 35 and 25. They have 96 home runs, which was third best in the major leagues. So they went from 25th to third. They had an isolated power of 192, going from tied for 27th to fifth, and they had a weighted to runs to created plus of 111, that was tied for seventh. And then in 2021, it was a good year as well. 190 home runs, tied for 19th, an isolated power of 166, tied for 13th, and a weighted to runs to created plus of 108. Shout out to the one. Eight uh, that was fourth best in the major leagues, and then this year one hundred and forty nine home runs. So you have a drop off there of about what um, the math 41. guy? Oh, yeah, forty one. There you go. It uh, was pretty easy. Uh, Herb said it in my head. Uh, tied for twenty second. <laughs> isolated power of one thirty one. That was twenty six. So kind of going back to the twenty nineteen days. Uh, and weighted to, Ra- to runs created plus of ninety nine, tied for sixteenth. So middle of the pack. And I bring up uh, tied for sixteenth weighted runs created plus. Um, the Sox, I think it was their isolated power last year, it was tied for the, with the guardians. Um, and, and you can kind of see that, you know, this year that falls off and, you know, Cleveland's pitching was still fantastic. And that's really where that edges is, is the white Sox weren't able to push themselves over that edge with those home runs. And uh, to this point too, I have some names for you guys uh, or numbers beyond this. Uh, we wanted to go into the uh, you know, white Sox haven't had a 21 home, a 20 home run hitter uh, since uh, 1990 or a player hit 20 home runs or less since 1990. 12 players have hit 40 plus home runs in a season. 52 players have hit 30 plus home runs in a season. 152 players have hit 20 home runs in a season. Miami had only uh, a lower home run leader. Jesus Aguilar had 15. He had mm. 16 total this year because he was DFA'd on August twenty-six by a Miami. Um, so he was their home run leader and also DFA'd by the team. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll save this for later. But what, I mean, her. Mm. what do you make of this? Uh, and, I mean, it it really just seems like this is where the Sox can really get a huge edge is if that power is able to return.
1: Firstly, you know, you don't like to use them, but injuries played a big part. I know they had injuries last year, too, but they seem to like sap the team this year more than the more times than not. And then they didn't take advantage of balls in the zone. How many times did we be at the studio and you see a 2-0 pitch go over the middle when there's taking it or a 3-0 or a 3-1 pitch, just taking it, not being aggressive in the counts that you've worked to get, worked hard to get. And so the White Sox not taking advantage of those situations is just so frustrating for both them and us who are watching out home. What, they have like two grand slams this year? That's a piss-poor. Three, but... because Elvis Andres had one off Nick oh, Gordon. off the pitcher, yeah, or off uh, the Nick Gordon. That's not great and two home runs off a 3-0 count, that's not where you should be. You should be aggressive in those counts. If anything, I think teams knew the White Sox weren't going to be swinging at 3-1, 3-0 pitches, and so they would just pump over a fastball and know that it wouldn't get hurt that much. And the White Sox would work those counts out to get their pitch, and then when they did uh, sometimes swing on 3-0 or sometimes swing on 2-0, they would follow it off because they had a approach going right field, to the right center gap instead of, this is my pitch. I'm going to cheat on this ball, and I'm going to air out this fastball. It was way too many times the White Sox were way late on fastball, so they know the pitcher's velocity, and they shouldn't have gotten past them. So they had a terrible approach at the plate where they didn't do the bare minimum to get the ball in the air where they were, what, in the middle of the pack or uh, high up in the pack of ground ball rate this year. That can't be happening with this team. This team was built for home runs ball hit in the air is what the White Sox need to do and take advantage of their stadium, especially with the power left-handed bat where the White Sox have an advantage there over most teams if they come there, if they do get a power left-handed bat because that porch in right field is uh, very tasty for left-handed hitters.
2: And another thing we heard from Liam Hendricks uh, that kind of plays into what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, you know, kind of thinking that last year would repeat itself over again, just magically. uh, The White Sox were not good at adjusting. Um, you know, we always hear that you, you hear it a lot about individual players, but certainly it applies to teams, too. You know, after you've been in the year for a le- or the league for a year or after you've you know established yourself as a certain kind of player, pitchers are going to pitch you different or hitters are going to, you know, uh, take a different approach with you if you're a pitcher because they've figured it out. They're like, all right, that's what that guy does. Well, this is what I'm going to do against him. And the onus is then back on you to say, all right, if that's what you're going to do to me, this is what I'm going to do. And obviously the great players can make adjustments. They're not just going up there every day doing the exact same thing. They're adjusting from, from year to year, from game to game, from at-bat to at-bat. The White Sox didn't do a very good job of that best this year, so said Liam Hendricks uh, to us the other day. And a- again, it, it goes back to that same point, which is they came into the year and they said, well, this is what we did last year. Let's just do it again. Right. But, the league fig- but the league figured it out. And mm-hmm. so the point the point isn't necessarily that uh, the White Sox forgot how to do what they were doing. It's that they did not respond to the league figuring out what they were doing.
0: Well, and I think that's a lot of pressure on the players. And that's why, again, it's not just a player issue. It's not just a Tony issue. It's not just a Frank Minichino issue. It's not just a Rick Hahn issue. Like it just seems like the whole organization didn't work in. It didn't work together in 2020 to help these players. And I bring that up, too, because uh, there was a great piece back in April that I continue to think about on Baseball Perspectives uh, from Robert Orr, where he talked about the Giants and how they got a lot of power and and a lot of success in 2021, where they won 107 games um, by signing players that had certain profiles, right? Like, they would be very cognizant of if they were going up against a sinker ball pitcher. Well, we have, I think it was Darren Ruff, who has fantastic numbers against balls at his knees but can't hit a fi- high fastball why would you put darren ruff in the, the lineup if you know he's going up against a a, a four seam fastball guy heavy um and then they brought in, i think austin slater who is more of a guy who hit at the top of the zone um you kind of see this with the guy who kept getting compared to gallo in the twin series uh walner right like you can just kind of see that he has a very swing that's tailored to certain pitches and i think you saw it a little bit as well with josh harrison and Elvis Andrews. Josh Harrison's a fantastic sinker ball hitter. You look at his uh, run value by pitch and all of them are negative again, uh, except for sinker ballers, right? So he really likes it low in the zone. You you saw a lot of his home runs were really, you know, low and and middle in. Um, And, and I think with Elvis Andrews, you saw a, a great, just fastball hitter, um, anything straight, he was going to be able to hit it and, and put a, a ton of power on. And I think that's just some of the edges that the Sox need to be able to find is even if they like, I, I just don't think the depth and, the utilization of their 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 depth was really to the best it could have been, and it's all about finding these certain edges. And um, you know, I think that's a great point by Liam, and and that you bring up is you know it's not just about uh what you're doing in the off season like we could see joe kelly trying to add a change up to his repertoire um and breaking his window right <laughs> but he's working on that but he's not gonna be working on his changeup during the season because he's trying to keep his body tuned he's trying to keep his body in a rhythm he's trying to keep it in that same uh, uh routine right he wants to not really uh, throw this fine tune out of motor so uh yeah it's just it's, it's interesting the the balance the socks have to strike in 2023 want to let you know about pins and aces. They're the official golf apparel of CHGO. I'm going to take a shot. Um, you know, the White Sox are going to be golfing and they'll be looking better uh, in pins and aces uh, gear this offseason, right? There's there's a lot of time for them to hit the links, gear up in some pins and aces uh, gear, and they'll be out in Arizona on those beautiful links. And they'd be supporting a family owned and golf apparel business. they make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, and even their favorite beer sleeve in the offseason. Hey, maybe let loose. Use this innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside your golf bag and keep drinks cold the entire round. I'm pretty sure you can bring this on a flight. So, hey, if you're going somewhere this off season with the boys, you're taking a boys trip, maybe to Arizona, you're taking a golf trip, buy this beer sleeve and you will be able to keep your beers cold in that hot Arizona sun. Make sure you check out pinsandaces.com and choose and use code CHGO to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com, P-I-N-S-A-N-D. Aces And you fifteen percent off your first order and receive free shipping. Let's wrap it up. Talk is that Sean? Talk- is that you,
1: uh, or is that me? Kind of sounding like a computer.
0: Your internet's a little little oh, sketchy, there,
1: Sean. Oh no, a little wonky. Uh oh,
0: Sean's
1: dying. Oh no. Oh no, All right, Herb. Sean's dying. Drive right. the bus, Herb. Oh, I can because we were gonna do. Um, <laughs> which teams that we'll be rooting for There, Sean, he's coming back, which teams in these major league baseball playoffs that we'll be rooting for teams that are just meh, we, you know, can go either way with them or teams that we will never root for. And I know you as a journalist of any don't have any root interest in any of these games, but as we get started, is there any teams that, you know, more than like more than any other team that you say, Hey, if they win, that would be pretty cool.
2: Well, I'll say this, I think, you know you have a good playoff field or you'll you have a good year you're setting up for a good postseason where you can point to a lot of teams if not every team and say you know there's the there's the feel-good story of them winning or if it's even if it's not feel good just there's the story if they win that's the story and that'll be worth watching uh you know I think I brought it up uh, a week or two ago when we were talking about this uh a similar topic and you know sports, you can do kind of both ways, right? You can be entertained by the underdog making an unexpected run through a postseason field, or you can be entertained if you're the kind of person who values the the regular season and you say the regular season was so great. It was so exciting. Let's see the team that won the regular season prove that they can win it again in October. And sometimes that happens. Sometimes it doesn't. Everything dif- uh, happens uh, differently every year. Uh, there's a team that that the White Sox saw a lot of this year, the Cleveland guardians who it would be wild to see if that, that style of play could lead to a world series appearance or a world series win against some of these teams who we know obviously are built to be the best team in baseball, whether it's the Dodgers or the Astros or the Yankees or the Braves, these, you know, if those team if one of those teams were to win the world series, me personally, I'd go, all right, The the regular season was correct, you know, that those six months were for something because that one of those teams made it all the way to the end and proved that they were the best team, not just in October, but for this entire marathon. But it's also going to be fun, too, if the Seattle Mariners in their first playoff appearance in two decades uh, can can do something. The Toronto Blue Jays, with all their young talent, if they can do something and there's plenty of other teams throughout the, uh, you know, both sides of the bracket that could apply to that category be it you know the Philadelphia Phillies who haven't been to the postseason in a while or something like that so uh you know the New York Mets who uh you know had a very very nice season have some just incredible pitching on that team but you know feels like we haven't seen them win anything in a really long time so I think there's a lot of uh uh, good things that you could watch with any one of these teams should they make a big run the question I guess is for you as the viewer what do you find entertaining
0: all right, Herb, as us, the viewer, Vinny has set us up nicely for this segment. Uh, so let's jump in. Uh, you, you want to take first crack at it and uh, and give us your picks for what's unwatchable or what would be uh, what you would like to see, what you would be met on,
1: and what you would be absolutely no to? Okay, um, the first two teams that I've listed are the San Diego Padres playing versus the New York Mets. I will root for both of those teams. I'm more of a Padre fan, but I know the Padres are probably not long for this playoffs specifically because the Mets have that juggernaut at the top of their rotation and they have people who have been getting the job done now. We'll see if Starlin Marte will be available for these playoffs. If there it is, it's much better for the Mets there. But I'll be rooting for those two teams individually. Um, and also, yeah, I, I want the Mariners to do some work. I want the Mariners to actually get in the playoffs and finally, you know, after 21 years, win a series and be going for them in the American League because I think they do have enough to get the job done to surprise some teams and say okay maybe the Mariners are the team that I should be rooting for because they have young talent in uh Rodriguez they got uh, people you want to cheer for and uh, Castillo uh, Robbie Gray and maybe not so much Robbie Ray but you know if you get people who are good at their craft and so yeah I'll be looking to cheer for them and then the Toronto Blue Jays they like I already talked about Alejandro Kirk he's 20 years exactly younger <laughs> than I am. And he looks exactly like I am, body shape wise. So <laughs> I'll be cheering for him because of uh, kindred spirits we are. I think he's my soulmate, and I love the I love the country of Canada, and they're representing the whole country of Canada. Um, and they shout out a, KPW. Yeah, there hasn't been a winner, of course, since 1993 when the Toronto Blue Jays beat our Chicago White Sox and then went on to win the World Series. So those are the teams I'll be definitely rooting for. Uh, Sean, your teams that you'll be rooting for in these playoffs.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll do it that way. Uh, I'll go Seattle. I think that one's very easy. Um, Seattle. They haven't made the playoffs in 21 years. I have nothing against Seattle. I like their colorway. I like J Rod. I like uh, Luis Castillo. I like Robbie Ray. It's very easy to like that team. Um, and, and Jerry Depoto is a, is a madman, and he's tried to figure out the perfect uh, Mariners roster. And I hope the, this is the right one for at least that city. They're very uh, diehard sport fans out there. I, I'm. I'll be nice to you, Herb. Um, mm-hmm. I'll throw the San Diego Padres. for hey. Sure. And mainly I'm throwing in there because Fernando Tatis isn't on this team. So if they win the World Series, I really can't listen to any, like it doesn't affect the James Shields conversation because he didn't affect that team at all. I mean, honestly, he hurt that team, if anything. So I'm for the San Diego Padres winning the World Series this year. Um, I'll also throw Philly. I'm wearing the hat. um, But I think it's just too good. I was saying, sign Schwarber, sign Schwarber, sign Schwarber. He hits 40 home runs. It would have looked good if Kyle Schwarber was in a White Sox uniform. Would it look good if Bryce Harper was in a uh, White Sox uniform? Would it look good if Zach uh, Wheeler was in a White Sox uniform? Uh, Three players they could have gotten. Also, you see how bad their defense is. Gives you hope that the White Sox, if they play bad defense next year, could still be in the playoffs. Um, And then I'll also throw in the uh, the Mets uh, in there as well. Uh, I think that it would just be funny if Buck Showalter won it because I think I have a tweet out there that said uh, if the – Mets hire Buck Showalter. They go 72 and 90. Um, they didn't do that. They didn't win the division. Uh, but if they won the World Series, I think I'd get dunked down for that one. And then finally, uh, Toronto, uh, KPW has supported us so much. So if that guy will be happy, I'll
1: be happy. So shout out to KPW. Uh, what are your mess, Herb? Well, I know people are like weird that I say I would root for the C- Cleveland Guardians in the playoffs. Like if every other team that I they just listed are out of the playoffs and the Clevelands are still standing, the Guardians are still standing. I'll root for them. Multiple reasons. They play the game correctly. They play with bat-to-ball skills that are par excellence. They go first to third like no other team. They pitch well. They're kind of cocky. They took what the White Sox did in any perceived slight they felt is uh, from the White Sox, and they took it as fuel for their fire. And I like that. I like that Terry Francona and his staff with Sandy Alomar Jr. are feeding the fire of, hey, guys, they think that you're crap and you saw the release that they had during their championship celebration, they're talking about White Sox things because they saw them as an the enemy and used them as fuel. So I'll be happy, and it, I think it would also motivate the White Sox to get better if you have the Cleveland Guardians who either win the AL or win a series in the playoffs and or somehow win the World Series. That will be good, a good motivating force for the White Sox to look up at them. The, okay. the Phillies you just talked about, they're like the White Sox in the National League. So i like them. They got Kyle Schwarber, of course. The Braves, I went down to see that game down there, and they have everything they need to win a, another World Series. They are the reigning champions right now, and they caught up with the Mets and overtook their bets. Mets finished with 101 wins. The Braves are just better, 102. They've just caught them up, and they have hitting and pitching, young players getting the job done, that Michael Harris II is getting the job done. I love exactly what they're doing down there, and I, I wish the White Sox would run like that team. I think it's that Alex Anthropolis down there doing a great job. And then the Rays, they do it with no money issued to most players. And once you make a lot of money, they send you off. But never, ever, ever. If the White Sox are offered a trade for a Ray, turn it down. <laughs> Rays, former players, for the most part, don't work out. They know what they're doing when they're giving up on a player. And so they do a lot of great things. And I would love to see them be finally get over the threshold, and win the World Series. So they're kind of mad for me. If they don't, it should work out that way because they don't spend any money. But if they do, a new era will start where a really small market team got the job done.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I'd be mad on Tampa Bay. Uh, I don't love the way that they spend. But also, I mean, they've been doing it the right way. They've been winning for a while now. They're just rewarding. their winning ways at this point. I mean, they've been... Making World Series since 2008. They've been a contender really my entire baseball watching career. So they really haven't been a sad organization. Uh, They really figure things out down in Tampa Bay. I'm with you on Atlanta. Uh, They're kind of a different team than they were last year. So it doesn't really affect me too much. Um, Like I think it's cool that they have such an influx of young players, um, but they also have Ozzy Albies returning from injury. Ronald Acuna wasn't a huge part of that team last year. And then the big thing of Freddie Freeman not being there. I think it's an interesting storyline for the Atlanta uh, Braves. So I wouldn't mind if they repeated, but also the chop needs to go. So I don't really. Know if I want to reward the chop uh, for two years in a row with a World Series ring. And then the uh, Dodgers. The Dodgers, I get it. They're a Death Star. They spend a ton of money, but also they only have one World Series and it was in the 60 game season. And I think most fans, if you're a White Sox fan, will look at the 2020 season and be like, oh, well, see, I told you it didn't mean anything. Well, then what? Are you going to look at the Dodgers and say, oh, the one World Series doesn't mean anything? I'd be fine if the Dodgers won the World Series in 2022. Um, Absolutely not. Uh, Let's just have this discussion. Uh, I'll go Houston, St. Louis, New York. Um, the Yankees have 27 World Series. They don't need another one. Um, Houston are cheaters. And also, I don't want Dusty Baker to get a ring, so he has to come back in 2023. So Joe Espada is the White Sox coach. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, But then here's the big thing, Herb. You mentioned St. Louis and and Cleveland. We didn't mention St. Louis, but you mentioned Cleveland and saying you you wouldn't care. We have Casey putting on her thing, and I get it, she's from Ohio, and even Luke Stuckmeyer putting Cleveland in there would love to see. I am respecting... Cubs fans here and, and putting St. Louis in my absolutely not thing, because I know they would pain them. And here's the thing. If you're going to say who are Chicagoans rooting for, you are basically ignoring the South side. If you are picking the guardians or want to see the guardians win the world series, I don't care if they've done it the right way. if They play well. if They're this young team. I don't care. They're, they play in my division. They're Cleveland. I don't want Cleveland to win anything. At all, so you know what I mean, they, they don't it. deserve to be rewarded. I was calling them cheap before the season, so why would I be like, "Yeah, go win, you cheap team"? No, they're cheap, and I hate them, and they're ugly, and they have bad uniforms, <laughs> and their name's stupid, and their old name was stupid. They're they're they rivals. Isn't I mean, that would sports about that seems
2: What's like about? kind of a biased opinion, Sean. I've got to be honest. Oh
1: yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm we crowded much
0: in, are clouded in a, a mystery.
1: Have the same absolutely nots, except for. I would uh, have the Dodgers in mind. Just they've won a lot of championships, won a bunch of divisions as a San Diego Padres fan. Secondly, I can't love the Dodgers. I do love Marcus Lynn Betts. He's an awesome right fielder. He's one of the best uh, that played there. And I love that he's playing so well to stick it to the Boston Red Sox for, you know, drafting him, cultivating him, getting him uh, prepared for the major leagues, winning MVP there. And like, when it's time to pay him, like, get your ass out of here. We (laughs) We want Alex Verdugo over here. So that's the only I'll root for him and very few other people. But St. Louis is going to be really hard to not to not root for because they got my man Jose Quintana over there. That's true. It's tough. He's had a really great year. I'd love to have him back on the White Sox next year. Come on, Q. Um, But yeah, Houston, the Yankees, the Dodgers and St. Louis. I I just don't like St. Louis's whole vibe. We already talked the other day about their pizza's terrible. uh, The city's terrible. The fans think they're the smartest things of all time. Go ahead. Be smart. Go ahead and get uh, dismissed in that first round by the Phillies. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's
0: it's kind of you know the White Sox talk shit, get hit. Um, also uh, w- with that graphic there, I'm all for the wild cards apparently because I got uh, Seattle, uh, San Diego, Philadelphia, and Toronto in there. Um, kind of just saying I'm, I'm I'm for this this new format. Uh, anything you guys watching for this playoffs or any storyline that sticks out uh, to you that might be uh, extra intriguing, uh, Vinny? I'll start with you.
2: I saw it in the comments and it, it would be kind of cool to see Albert Pujols keep doing what Albert Pujols has been doing for the second half of the season, carry that into October and hit some really meaningful home runs in his, uh, in his sendoff, uh, you know, now a, uh, uh, you know, a historic uh, uh, baseball, in a baseball sense, a historic year for him and uh, to get to that plateau, it would be kind of cool to see that going on. And I got to be honest with you guys just don't disagree i just don't agree with you on the guardians i think if the guardians think if the guardians were to make a run that would be really fun uh, from that underdog perspective, um, I mean, you talked about the payroll, but it's not even the payroll, right? It's it's the it's the style of play, and I think everybody, you know, think 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 if this was the NCAA tournament, right? And it's like, all right, you got the team from Ohio. They 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 they're no competition for you know all those uh, uh, high recruits for that went to Duke and North Carolina and Kansas, but the scrappy team from Ohio, they're gonna they're gonna play like Gene Hackman's Hoosiers, and they're gonna <laughs> you know they're gonna Defeat the big bad guys. If that's if you like that storyline in sports, then that's that's the team in this
0: playoff uh, field that uh, that you got to keep an eye on. That's Cleveland. I don't know. I mean, it's Seattle. I think I think Seattle is is more of a long. But Seattle's shot just got because a bunch of cursed. really.
2: Well, but they got a lot of really good guys. Is my point. Like, you know, right. if you're just going to turn on the TV now and say, "Oh, the Mariners haven't paid attention to them since they had Griffey and Edgar Martinez," then okay. But uh, you know, they got a, they they went out and made a lot of moves to to load up this team with really good really good players. Uh, you know, the the Guardians not so much, but they've done it anyway and they've won a division anyway.
0: Guardians though, in 2016, Terry was still the manager. J Ram was still on there, so I mean, there's sure. still some cast ca- castoffs. I mean, last time you saw the Mariners in the playoffs, it was Ichiro. I think, uh, not Ken Griffey Jr., but I think uh, A-Rod, uh, John Olerud. I mean, like, there, there was some guys on that team. That's uh, the,
1: they had the best record in Major League Baseball history.
0: Yeah, 116 and then lost in the first round. Uh, Herb, I think it, Albert Pujols. In the ALCS,
1: was, yes, they lost to the Yankees oh, in the second round. My bad. Uh, ALCS.
0: Albert Pujols is a great storyline to watch. Any other one you're watching or you want to wrap it up?
1: No, not really. I'm, I just want to, to see good baseball and the White Sox to take from this World Series what they should, which is – to make it to this level, you probably have to pitch like the White Sox did. They're middle-of-the-road um, starting rotation. Good, like uh, I think top 10 in the ERA. So you can get wins right there if you stay at the same level. And that's with Lucas Giolito being a part of this team. That's with Dallas Keigel being a part of this team for, what, 13 starts. So they were pretty good in pitching. Now they got to take away, okay, what does that team that's going to get to the World Series do? Do they hit the ball over the fence? Cool. We need to do that more. Or is it gonna be Cleveland where a team that just puts back the ball and just batters you with twenty hits in a game and then does the right thing on the bases? And then when they get the ball hit to them, they pick it up and throw it to first. What is the prevailing thing that happens in this World Series uh, tournament that gets you to the next level? And if they take what they need to take from that and you know apply it to their team, I think they'll be well uh, next year and going into this offseason, they'll be a well position to get into the 2023 playoffs that's
0: herb lawrence you can follow him on twitter at ecknerwall23 if you're looking for some uh, minnesota suggestions that's where you should hit him up at ecknerwall23 on twitter uh, Mitty below- has some too probably yeah but he's got some as well he just went there he's he's the most recent person on this podcast to go to minnesota uh he, he could tell you one hell of a place to get a blueberry donut i would uh, say you-
1: the uh, the blue note i believe that's in st paul i had a, a juicy lucy there which was my favorite juicy lucy better than matt's better than 5a club there you go. Uh, I know it's sacrilege.
2: Am I going next? This.
0: Is I, don't the idea? Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I
1: don't know if you don't. If you ever you want, co- want a cocktail, you want a
2: cocktail. You go to Volstead's Emporium in uptown Ooh. in Minneapolis. And I've never been to Minnesota, so (laughs) I didn't have
0: anyone. Uh, That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO beat writer. Uh, His most recent piece is talking about the White Sox squandering this season and was our headline topic. If you want to read uh, more in-depth and and read all those quotes, uh, word for word, in Vinny's article, check out allCHGO.com. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter, at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. I have another home run stat that I didn't get to that I'll tweet out there. So if you want to see a, a White Sox home run stat that might make you cry, Check out Sean or at Sean underscore W underscore. That went from a great tease to just a terrible one. Oh, well, eh, it's not a lot of happy news with the Sox. I'm not Herbie Sunshine. I'm downer Sean. Anyways, uh, we'll talk to you guys on Sunday, and that will do it for the CSGO White Sox podcast. Uh, Thank you to Joey for your production, and go Sox.